Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is cursed. Jason's alive. He killed my friend. Now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Warrior, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're doing what you stay here. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Nathan Barker, joined by my fellow counselor, Eric Walford. Hey, what's up, everybody? And tonight we have a special guest returning on the show. He previously appeared on episode 25, and that is Friday the 13th, part three alumnus and attorney at law, Mr. Larry Zerner. How are you this evening, Larry? I'm great. How are you? Doing really good. All right. Well, in recent light of Paramount pulling the plug on the newest Friday film, we thought you would be the perfect person to share thoughts on the state of the franchise up to this point. Now, we know fans want to see a film done by Paramount, so at this stage, is that even a possibility with all the legalities and? Sure. Uh, it's a possibility. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on you know, in, inside the minds of Paramount, but I can give you some background on what's going on legally, and that'll give you some basis to draw your own conclusions. Um, so let me give you a little background. Um, uh, as you know, as we most of us know, in, in 1980, Victor Miller was hired to write the Friday the 13th screenplay. There was a two-page contract drawn up. Uh, he was paid about $9,200 to write the script, and uh, he wrote the script. Now, there is a uh, provision in the Copyright Act that says 35 years after you someone uh, – um, uh, transfers a copyright, they can terminate that transfer. They can send a termination and get back those rights. So what happened was in 2016, last year, Victor sent a termination notice to uh, this company called Horror Inc., which is in essence the company that, that owned the, the copyright to the film, which is, which is Sean Cunningham's company. And uh, and gave notice that he was going to terminate the the his transfer of the copyright in the Friday the Thirteenth screenplay, uh, and was going to take it back. Now the way it works when you terminate, you have to give a two year notice. So the termination, a, a little thing that he, he sent one, and it was, there was a mistake in it, so he sent another one, and I guess the second one matters, and that one was sent in 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 on June thirtieth. 2016. So the termination does not go into effect until July 1st of 2018. Um, so there's still a year and three months, pretty much, until Paramount loses those rights. Um, and uh, uh, so in theory, uh, 
they can get a movie out. I think they'd have to have the movie out and get through the DVD and the other stuff before then. That's a little... I'm not sure. That's a sort of a new issue. I'm not. I can't give you a, a, a definitive answer as to whether they have to get the DVD out before then as well. Because once you you can once you you, you until the rights terminate, you can still do stuff on the film. And um, and 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 what happened? So they see Victor sent out this termination, and Sean's company filed a lawsuit, and they said, "Hey, this." Uh, the, so let me. Take it back a second. One more second. There's an exception to this rule that uh, you can terminate a transfer, which is one exception is if you did the work as a work for hire, which is a legal phrase in copyright. A work for hire. If you're if you're a writer, you know that phrase, work for hire. Um, and he and they're saying, and if you're a work for hire, then the employer owns the copyright, and you can never t- terminate it. So uh, Sean basically sued Victor. Uh, for a declaration from the court that says this contract was an employment contract. Victor was working as a work for hire, and therefore he cannot terminate. And so that is the issue that the court is being asked to determine. Was this contract a work for hire agreement, or was it just an independent contract agreement, and Victor can terminate? And and so that's what the court will will decide. Now, normally, in in under normal copyright theories in a work for hire agreement you want to see the words this is a work for hire and you that's, those are sort of the magic words that you want to see in a contract to say this is a work for hire and those words are not in the contract between uh Victor and uh and Sean's company so that's the the big that's a that's a that's the big hook that that Victor is is on also even if you don't have those words there's a certain analysis over whether or not you're a regular employee, so you know if you're an employee of a company, uh, and there's a number of factors that go into whether you're not you're an employee. Like, are you paid a salary, or are you paid by the project? Or do you, do they supply you with equipment? Do they make you work at their place of work? Right? These are all things that would make someone an employee. And Victor said, none of those things apply, right? I, I worked at home. I set my own hours. They were just paying me for this one thing. Those are all in, in, things that indicate this was a independent contractor, not an employment agreement, and therefore I should win. And so these are all the issues that will go on. Now, the trial, I don't know that there there is a trial date set, but I don't know when it is. Uh, it's probably at the end of this year. Um, it'll be in Connecticut. And so there's this sort of unknown thing about whether or not, um, uh, you know, the, whether how the court will rule. Now, all that being said, Paramount can, can deal with this anytime by making an agreement with Victor. Can, they can go, well, look, there's this uncertainty. And they may have been, this may have been a negotiating issue, right? We're going to file this lawsuit, make Victor worry that maybe he'll lose everything because he, if he doesn't get the rights back, he can't do anything with them. Uh, and and then we'll negotiate some deal. And I, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if they come out and say, okay, we're, we made, they, we settled this case and, and we made some deal and, uh, that's certainly possible that there'll be some deal made, and that's how that's how normally these things happen. That, that an agreement is made as to between the writer and, and Paramount will keep the rights, and they'll pay Victor, you know, something for basically each movie that comes out. Okay, 
Yeah, we had Sean on the show recently. Uh, well, fairly recently. It was back, I believe, in October. And, of course, nothing was mentioned about this particular situation. But he did make reference to that if the film had not been started sometime in March, that we probably wouldn't see a 2017 Friday film. So, and then all of a sudden, you but know, that's later. True, but, that's, but that's just because they're not going to release a Friday 13th right in November, December, because that's not, right, that's awards movies, right? You just don't release a Friday 13th movie, you know, after October. Sure. But it is nice to hear that, you know, Paramount still does have that, you know, I guess option to get one off the ground if they choose to to do so. If, if they want to, they can go, they can put it out in January if they want to. I mean, they just, you know, just in the movie business, they wouldn't put one out in November, December. Yeah, and that, that makes perfect sense, and we didn't expect one to be out at that time anyway. But, you know, Sean's, when he was on the show, he didn't mention anything, you know, about the other stuff. It was just, you know, simply what you said, that if it's not going by then, we're, we're not going to see one. But, you know, it sounds like Friday's not dead with Paramount like most people think that it is at this point. Eventually, there will be another Friday 13th movie. It's just a question of making a deal. So whether or not they go, well, we're going to wait and see what... So both sides have something to lose, right? There's going to be a trial. One side's going to win. One side's going to lose. If if Paramount loses, then they they can't really make a movie unless they get, you know, pay Victor what he wants. If Victor loses, he gets no money. So there's an incentive for both sides to try and come to some deal on what... On, on on what that should be. Absolutely. Now, in your in your professional opinion, and what you you know observe, do you think the Paramount will actually send us another film, or do you think we'll be seeing it from somebody else? I don't know. I mean, they they did make that deal, right? They got the they got. I mean, it was so crazy, right? They they made that deal to get the rights back from Warner Brothers, and then they never made a movie, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I mean, it's crazy. So, I, I mean, it makes sense for them to have – see, here's the thing. So Paramount owns the trademark to the words Friday the 13th, which is why all the non uh, – uh, well, until the remake, right, all the – they were, you know, Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X, Freddy vs. Jason, right, they weren't using the Friday the 13th title because um, the title is owned by Paramount. Uh, so um, – I'm not sure that if it went somewhere else, they could use the title for A13th. And and that's the key thing, right? You need that title. So uh, Paramount has that in their pocket, and I think that they will they will put out a movie eventually. Well, you know, I think for all the fans are like, why is this taking so long? It's not that hard to make. You could have made three Friday 13th movies, four. I mean, you could have made a whole bunch of Friday 13th movies and, and, and just put them out and you would have made money as opposed to, you know, waiting for some, you know, the, the, I don't know what they're waiting for. You know, the, this pristine Friday 13th movie to come out. I don't, I don't know why it's so difficult for them to get it made. Make them low, you know, lower the budget. Just get them out. Don't. I mean, they're, I heard they're making like twenty million dollar budgets. I mean, put it out as five million dollars, you'll make money. I agree with that totally. I mean, and I mean, is it a little mind blowing? I mean, you have the Friday equivalent of the psycho shower scene. I mean, and uh, thirty five years later, uh, and uh, we're on the verge of a, a good documentary. Uh, did you? I mean, is that a little mind blowing for you? And did you think that you that it would have this much relevance that thirty five years later? 
I, I want to say yes that I, when I was making the movie, I was like, it's Gone with the Wind and Casablanca and Friday 13 Part 3. I do want to say that that's what I thought. That, that is awesome. But absolutely, absolutely, of course not, right? Of course I didn't. Who thought, right? You're in, the, you're in a part three, you know? It's like, but, and there weren't, at the time, there weren't a lot of, right? There weren't this, this thing of movies doing lots of sequels, right? There, that, doesn't, that, that thing didn't really exist at, in 1982. No, it, 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 it didn't. When was Halloween 3? Yeah, right. Uh, and was after, right? So we were the first three? I think you were. As a, yeah. And I mean, you get then you. That's a very valid point because, oftentimes, when comparing Friday and Halloween, it gets wrapped up that you know that about John Carpenter and Victor Miller and how they wrote and whatever. But part three, you guys kicked ass. I I I love Season of the Witch. You guys kicked ass. Yeah, well, yeah. Part three is is good, especially if you see it in three D. If you haven't seen, if you're listening and you haven't seen it in three D, try and see it in three D. Not not on the DVD. Try and go to a screening in three D if they ever show it somewhere. Absolutely, I have had a chance to actually see that once, and it definitely makes a world of difference. And yeah. you know, Friday Friday three definitely does kick ass. It's one of my favorites, and obviously, you know, this many years later, you know, having talked to you know some of the other people involved with it, everybody's reaction kind of seems the same. And that is to you know, yeah, we never really thought it was going to be as big of a thing as it is now. You know, reflecting back then with all the collectibles and you know the posters and T-shirts and all the all the memorabilia and stuff. So it's just got to be amazing to be a part of something like that. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. So with that yeah, in mind, I mean, when I uh, meet people and you know, they meet people and they, you know, they know, you know, it's like jelly. It's like it's like who could think that? I just, you know, people who weren't born right when, I, when the movie came out. Sure. <laughs> and speaking of meeting people, Eric and I will be seeing you at Days of the Dead Indianapolis. Absolutely. Oh, great! So we will definitely yeah. make make it a point to stop by and say hey and catch up a little bit more. I, I hope to do. Uh, yeah, I have never been to Day of the Dead and, and, and never been to Indianapolis, so I'm looking forward uh, to it. It's my first, uh, I, haven't done a, I haven't even done a convention in, I think, three years. So uh, Yeah, they do fun. a great show. It's a, it's a good venue. They do a great show. I'm really excited because, you know, they brought, they're bringing the entire cast of Dawn of the Dead uh, and George Romero, um, and that's my favorite horror movie. That's the one that got me. Um, and so it's like, I'm just going to take all the money I, I get from autographs and spend it on their autographs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so, uh, you haven't been in the con circuit for a while. Um, is there any other, do you, do you plan to venture out throughout the country? I know, I, I know you're swamped and, uh, we won't take uh, much more of your time, but, uh, are the fans going to get to see you anywhere soon? Uh, you know, I, I'm busy, right? I'm a lawyer, and and so it's 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 not always easy. But I I, I like to do con. I don't get asked. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not I, I I don't have an agent who puts me out there. But if anybody's listening and has a con and says, oh, we'd love to have Shelley, reach out. I mean, if I can do it, I'll I'll come out. Awesome. Now, actually, let's talk a little bit about the Friday the 13th Part 3 documentary. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz about that, and obviously you're tied in with that project. Can you maybe you know, chat a little bit about your experiences with what you're involved in with the documentary? Well, I, my, I mean, I was interviewed, so that's, that's, about, uh, that's about my involvement. But, it, you know, there's, there, the people involved are so dedicated 
and um, you know they're they're uh, they they you know it's really a labor of love, and so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, they're really uh, they really you know they put a lot of work into it, so it should be good. Absolutely. I seen recently that they've been looking for, you know, rare photos and, you know, different things related to the film, you know, to add, you know, to what they already have. I didn't know maybe if you were able to help them out with, you know, anything related to that. I wish I had that. You know, I didn't take I didn't take bring I never brought a camera and I never took any pictures. Uh my loss, really. Should have. Yeah, obviously I know you were you were interviewed for that, but I just thought maybe there might have been some other involvement that you were able to help them out with, you know, some of the other stuff that they were looking for to make it extra special. Sometimes they they'll ask me some legal questions and I'll I'll give them an answer, but uh Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Sean Sean Richards is doing a great job with that and, you know, Joe Quintanilla, you know, Kevin Phipps, Ruben Angelo. We've had them guys on the show. They're going to come back and chat a little bit about that after it's released. So, we're really looking forward to that and glad everybody could come together and, you know, make something special for the fans. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you for your time, Larry. We won't tie you up anymore. We know you're a busy guy. We just appreciate you being able to join us and chat a little bit about what's going on. All right. Thanks for having me, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in, in Indianapolis. Yes, sir. Sounds thank good. you for being on. Absolutely. Okay. We will look forward to that. Thank you. Well, all right. That wraps up another episode of Return to Camp Blood, so please rate and review wherever you listen to the show at. This episode was brought to you by Friday the 13th Part 3 Memoriam Documentary of Richard Brooker and Friday the 13th Franchise.com. Until next time. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.